We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Krafchick, and other surprise co-hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Dateable Podcast, where we talk about modern dating, but with a very focused topic today, which is, drumroll, <laughs> our top... <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Gosh, that was, was like the most half-ass drumroll ever. I was really hoping that our live studio audience would give us more energy and noise, but um, no, they're quiet. <laughs> you mean Mojo? <laughs> Mojo? Yes, Mojo, my dog. He is busy licking. We each had to choose three podcasts that changed the way we view dating and love mm-hmm. and possibly changed the way we date. Yes. Okay. So we'll go one by one. Okay. I'll start first. Okay. I will say one of the podcasts that really changed the way I view my past dating Mm. was season eight, episode two, The Gold Standard. Ooh. Mm. 
So I'll say that again. Season eight, episode two. Go back and revisit that. So in that episode, we speak to Caroline about her gold standard and how it was so hard for her to even date today in present day,、mm-hmm. um, years after her gold standard had already married someone else. And you and I, Julie, and we shared our gold standard stories. And I think what I really got out of that conversation was the gold standard is nothing but a a memory. Yeah, and it's an idealized memory of someone who really doesn't exist.、Mm-hmm. Even if you remet your gold standard today, that person's not the same person. Yep. So you're just remembering them at a moment in time, and they'll、yep. never live up to that gold standard. That's why nobody ever lives up to the gold standard because that's not a real person. But I think what that really helped for me was to let go of some of the previous notions of maybe someone that got away or、mm-hmm. someone that I would wish I given more time to or、um, made more effort with. Because there's no point in dwelling on the past. We can only move forward with what our gold standard should be, and that's the person we 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 ourselves should strive to be, and that's the person we ourselves should want to be with. Yeah, that's interesting because I was actually a toss up of picking that one too. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I think for myself too, I had a situation with my ex that for like years I still thought like this was the person,、mm-hmm. and like no one could stack up to him.、Mm-hmm. And again, it was like a memory because we were actually not even like in contact. Like we、mm-hmm. were like, or we were in very loose contact. It was not. We were not dating at this stage. And I remember when we did actually meet up, it like did not feel the same. So、mm. it was like all that time I had been thinking about that. And I think by hearing Caroline, like I definitely saw myself in the way that she was like so fixated on this person that just like couldn't be. I mean, in her situation, he literally was married, so it was like he could not be. No, and it was holding her back from meeting someone else. And what was our Action item. I think it was like make a list and、mm. kind of journal、yeah. the good and the bad because our memories tr- tend to hang on to the really good stuff about、yep. the gold standard. But maybe you should remember some of the not so good things. Totally. Just to remember like how real it was and not not so dreamy and idealized. Yeah, I know. I mean, for me personally, as soon as I kind of really came to terms that I was not going to be with my ex is when I met someone else. Yeah, and I really believe like. You, if you're in that state where you believe that person is that is the person for you, it is almost near impossible to meet anyone. It's so unfair for anyone else no, you meet because、yeah. they're never going to live up to this part of your imagination. Totally. Okay, yours. Okay,、um, I guess I think the one that probably changed me immediately the most was、um, a very recent episode. It was. Season eight, episode fifteen, going the distance. Uh huh. With Sammy and David, you love that episode. You yeah, always talk I mean, about that well, one. Sammy's also my coworker. Sammy's pretty coworker, awesome. So we have talked a lot in person too. But I think also because I was living this、mm-hmm. during, like around that time, like playing off the last comment, like after I kind of let go of my ex, is when I met someone new that I was for the first time really fell for,、mm-hmm. and that hadn't I hadn't had that feeling in a very long time.、Um, and And he was from the UK, and while we started dating, lost his visa. So situationally,、mm. we essentially had to end our relationship. I know all about this one. <laughs>、mm-hmm. 
And we did try long distance for a little while we were still together um, while he was away over the holidays. So I think when we were recording Sammy and David, one of the reasons why I actually approached Sammy about doing this is because it shed to light when I was doing long distance how different it was. Yeah. Like you, I just never thought about it before because I was never in that situation where you're so like reliant on your phone mm-hmm. and like you're coordinating time zones when someone's in the UK and you're in San Francisco. It's just like there's a lot of like dynamics that you just don't think about if you the have someone yeah, yeah that's around and I think like initially too like it like started to feel like we were just friends that eventually like I don't know the conversations felt like kind of flat at the beginning but then mm-hmm. eventually we we got it to a place that we spiced it up so it kind of turned around so I just thought it was an interesting dynamic which is why I wanted to do the episode but the reason why it actually changed the way I dated is as I mentioned um once we found out he was actually leaving for good he ended it and I think like for me Sammy and David gave me like a different perspective that like you can make things work like there's always a way to make things work if two people are in it mm-hmm. and um I mean their situation they like navigated through when Sammy was in London and then when and- David was in Portland and then when she moved to San Francisco and he was still in Portland and I think the big thing about them is like they did kind of fall into it but they both were like in it like they Mm -hmm. still like really enjoy talking to each other and they were able to still form this relationship that was super solid even though they did not see each other on a day-to-day so I think what ended up happening in my own life is I kind of took that back too and we actually like my ex and I um, talked about like trying this long distance. And I think like from Sammy and David who kind of went in with no expectations, I kind of follow that same path. Like, yeah, we know this is really hard. Like we know this isn't like a situation where you can just come back when you want to come back. Um, But let's just see what happens. We both really enjoy each Mm -hmm. other and we don't want to necessarily give it up. Ultimately didn't make it. But I think for me, like um, it was more the fact that I tried that yeah. I think is what changed my dynamic. Like in the past, I think I would have just been like, it's a lot of effort. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just not meant to be. But I think for me, like after listening to this episode and hearing their story and knowing like good connections don't come around all the time. And sometimes things aren't an ideal state in one relationship. Like there's not one size fits all for relationships. It's like two people making it work. And I think ultimately, yes, the distance was a challenge for me, but I think the bigger challenge was that I was with someone that didn't necessarily feel the same way. Like long distance isn't for everyone. So I don't want to say it's like a wrong thing that he didn't want to continue a long distance relationship. But Mm -hmm. like, I really think if two people are in it, no matter what, you can make it work. I think what I really learned from that episode, even if you are not in a long distance relationship, the way their dynamic works is we're in this together and let's just do this whole thing by trial and error. Yeah. Because remember when we even asked him at the end of it, what was some <laughs> advice you give to people? And David was like, very candidly, I shouldn't be the one giving advice because we're still trying to figure this out. But you just constantly course correct. And yeah. I felt like they would try something. And if it didn't work, let's try something else. And they right. were like working together to navigate their relationship, which was like really refreshing to hear because it's not a, like me against you. It's not blaming. It's like, we're in this together. As long as we're both wanting to be with each other, we're going to figure shit out together. And I think like for my own personal life, like I don't, again, I don't blame my ex. Like I think things change for him in terms Mm -hmm. of where he, he originally was planning moving back, didn't, decided not to do that. I get long distance isn't ideal. It's a difficult situation. So no like blame there. But I think at the end of the day, 
after listening to Sammy and David, I'm like, I need someone that is equally in it. And I think like when I realized he wasn't in it from this stance, I couldn't fight it anymore. Because I'm like, I can't do long distance as one person. So it's like, yeah, you you need those two people like you were just saying that are just like, let's just figure shit out and like make it work. And I think like for me, like, I know even more than ever that I just need someone that is like so devoted that we're just going to make it work. Yeah. And at least now, you know, you have it in you to do it, Yeah, to want to do something like that, something so crazy and something so logistically complicated, but you were willing to do it. And that's awesome to know that you have it in you. Yeah. And I think like it's seeing how you can do it. Like, I think for me, I'm like, oh, well, I have family in Boston. Like mm-hmm. I, my work is flexible that I could go over there for three months. Like, I don't know. I just like kept, there was, I was finding solutions where in the past I would not have found those. Yeah. So. You were opening doors in your own mind. Totally. Okay. Next one. So my second one would be um, Marriage 101, mm. which was a season finale for season seven episode 22. And in this episode, we spoke to Dr. Alexandra Solomon, who teaches one of the most popular classes at Northwestern. It's called Marriage 101. But she said it's a misnomer because it's she teaches people about love and dating and sex and the hookup culture, basically how to be in a relationship with another human being. And when I really took away from that conversation, I mean, everyone, everyone should listen to this episode. She has so many great things to say. But what I really learned from this episode was her her talking about your knee-jerk reactions. Mm. And she gave her husband as an example where she's been with him for a long time and she's noticed that she has these knee-jerk reactions to things that he says and things that he does. And before she reacts to them like she normally would, she takes a step back and reflects in a mirror and thinks about what are some ways that I can communicate my needs advocating for myself, but also not placing blame. And I really enjoyed her tactic there because we all have knee-jerk reactions based on how we were brought up, how we saw our parents fight, you know, and how we deal Mm -hmm. with conflict. But those are our knee-jerk reactions that are innate in us. And in a healthy relationship, it's fine to have those knee-jerk reactions, but you have to one, recognize them, and two, take a step back before you actually act upon them. Yeah, I think hers was really good too. So good. Because I personally feel like um, I've had the situation where you feel like you and your partner aren't seeing things eye to eye and there's some conflict that you're like, oh, maybe there's someone better suited for me. Yeah. And she made the comment like, conflict's inevitable. Mm. Like you're going to fight with everyone. So if you like think that like there's this person that like magically everything's going to be okay with and it's like not even necessarily conflict but like it's two different people merging their lives right like Mm -hmm. so things that is super innate to you just isn't to someone else exactly so I think like she helped me realize that like for example like with my last partner like he was super logical and I'm like very like passionate and emotional Mm. and the way I process things was different than his and it didn't mean like that like he wasn't feeling a certain way or whatnot but it's like I think just like realizing that 
you just have to work with another human. Yeah, and who was yeah. not brought up in the same way that you were. Right, and that's what it's all about: relationships and、mm. getting that. And there's not going to ever be that perfect situation. I was talking to my friend May about、um, something similar, and she has this great friend Ting. Who is married to someone? They've been married for a long time, and they never fight.、Mm. So I was like, "Is that a red flag that they never fight?" And May was like, "No, no, no. Listen, their first three years of marriage was nonstop fighting, and they fought so much they literally have fought about everything. Now that they they have no conflicts because they they hashed <laughs> they it, out, it out in the first、yeah. three years. But she said in those first three years, every time they have a fight, they reflect on it. It became an experiment for them. Like they welcomed these." Conflicts and fights because they knew how to deal with them, and they knew that after a fight they sit down and reflect on it. So、right. I was like, oh, okay. So if a couple fights, that you know, that's not a necessarily a red flag, and if they don't fight, that's not necessarily a red flag either. Right. And I think like her points too around like I remember she had this example that like her husband too like needed to take time out、yeah. to like watch some sports game. Yeah. And like there was like a, a voice in her head like. Why aren't you spending that time with me, or whatever it may be?、Mm-hmm. Or she like didn't understand what that meant to him, and then like it ended up being like, oh, this is like important to him. Like this helps him recharge,、yeah. and I need to respect that, even though it's not necessarily how I view things or what I think. So I think it's what I got from her was just like taking it out of you and like、yeah. looking at it holistically, giving people space to be them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yours. Oh, I feel like I just piggybacked off yours so much, but <laughs> I was thinking of that one too. But I think the one I would say is season six, episode fifteen, our finale, meeting your half orange. Oh yeah, I knew you picked that one <laughs> <laughs> with Amy Spencer. Such the, a great one. Yeah, I mean, I this one's kind of a cheat one because I actually read her book before we had her、mm-hmm. on the show. Um, and I've read a lot of dating books, and I'd say ninety nine percent of them are pretty bad. And this one、yeah. always like stuck out as a really great book because it was super authentic.、Mm-hmm. And her whole concept is like the end of the day, you're, you're you want to be happy, right? And like being in a relationship is going to help you be happy. Like, why do you have to wait to be happy if you're not in a relationship? Like, be lined to the happy and just do things that make you happy.、Mm-hmm. And then, if you're like vibrating that energy, that's when you're in the best place to attract a partner.、Mm-hmm. And I think, like, for me personally,、um, I definitely went through kind of a period where I did a lot of serial dating,、mm-hmm. and I started getting really burnt out. And like, honestly, just wasn't showing up great on dates when you're in that vibe.、Mm-hmm. And I remember like taking like a good. Couple like like probably like six months and was not focused on dating and was like I like launched my like、um, business five hundred brunches and like was really our ex- former sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just blew our cover. <laughs> I swear our new sponsors are not my businesses. <laughs> But anyways,、um, I remember like just being like really excited. Excited about that endeavor, like just having really great friends and like just enjoying like life, and that is actually where I met like my significant ex was at a brunch when I was just like not really going there looking for anyone whatsoever, but I was、mm-hmm. just happy, I was excited, I was friendly, I was my natural self,、mm-hmm. and that's when like you attract someone. So she also mentioned like like when you're so fixated on like going to every last singles event, who's gonna be there? It's just like you're not doing things that fill your soul. So it's like kind of when you try so hard, sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the results that you're looking for. 
It kind of reminds me of our episode with Heidi Ezer,、mm-hmm. um, why you're still single, yeah, or why you can't find the one. Sorry,、yeah. I totally butchered that title, but either <laughs> you know, they kind of they kind of kind are of similar,、same. yeah. But her、um, her philosophy was we put so much pressure on this person we haven't even met yet.、Mm-hmm. We think the one is supposed to fulfill all of our needs and、yeah. make us so happy when we even haven't met this person. So it's very similar to Amy Spencer's philosophy of. Like, why put so much expectations around someone to complete you or make you happy? They're not the ones making you whole. You're the one in control of your life. Live the life you want to live, and the right person will come along for the ride. Right. But they're not. We can't expect other people to make us happy. Yep. And I think like her whole thing about just she had just like such a positive outlook. Yeah, she did. She was like radiating positivity. I think she has like a positivity blog and like all、yeah. this stuff. But like just I think like things like the way you say things,、mm-hmm. like what you're putting out in the universe. Like she talked about like if you're like oh I'm still single, you're like fixating on being single. So that's like what you're putting out there、mm-hmm. when you're just like I want a relationship. It's like a very different like tone and vibe. I heard this really great piece of advice the other day. This woman said, "Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself."、Mm. And I think when we start listening to ourselves, it's always the negative thoughts and like the doubts, the the insecurities. But if we we start reversing that and just preemptively start talking to ourselves, we do change our mindset. It does work totally. And I think like again, it's a balance. Like I think we talked about this on the episode. Like if、mm-hmm. you're sitting home,、um, just like. Watching Netflix every Friday, it's going to be really hard for <laughs> to meet anyone. But her point was like inevitably, like you're going to like get sick of that and want to like get out and like be around people. But I think there is a balance. Like again, like if you you can't just isolate yourself and totally go major introvert style,、yeah. but. Also, there's a lot of times like we'll talk to people that are frustrated with dating, and like it's like that's all you're fixated on.、Oh、it really just like makes it really hard to like just be happy and positive and just generally enjoy life. But that's the thing. Like even the most introvert of introverts are not going to be happy sitting at home watching Netflix every、right. day. It's the people who the the most unhappy people I see, and Julie, you know people like this too, who go out. Solely for the purpose of meeting someone,、right. and their night is ruined if they didn't meet that cute girl or that cute guy, and then they couldn't re- enjoy their time with their friends because they place so many expectations on this night of going out.、Yeah. That's why they become, you know, like these Netflix people because they're like, no, there's what's the point of going out anyway? That's when you become unhappy because you're again you're putting expectations on external factors that are out of your control to make you happy、right. when you can control your own happiness. Cool. Right, last episode for me. Time for a quick break so we can talk about Lola, which is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton, BPA-free tampons, pads, and liners. You know, products that you wouldn't mind putting in your body. And the good news is, they also offer sex products too. What makes Lola different is that their products are formulated to deliver the sensation and reliability. You deserve without unnecessary irritating additives. For example, Lola's condoms are made out of natural rubber latex and individually tested for contraception and STI protection. And oh my God, do they feel good! And to get you even more in the mood, the Lola Personal Lubricant features a mess-free one-click pump system with a water-based formula made with aloe vera and is completely hypoallergenic. With Lola, you get everything delivered to your door, hassle-free. For datable listeners only, you get 40% off your first. 
first month subscription. Just visit mylola.com and enter the code DATEABLE when you subscribe. Again, just visit mylola.com and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E when you subscribe to get 40% off your first month. Now, back to the show. Cool. All right. Last episode for me. I just want to say this is the third episode, but I do have a uh, runner up. Okay. So (laughs) I will talk about the runner up. (laughs) So the third episode that really changed the way I date actionable ways of dating is season three, going way back, season three, episode three, dating on a whim. This has everything to do with me. Yes, it does. But I was set up on a blind date through whim, the dating app. Don't know if they still exist, but I met this very nice man. I get called tonight. Okay, fine. (laughs) Pivot. And I think what happened was I walked away from that date thinking I fucking killed it. I'm so good at dating. I'm the master of dating. I'm a dating expert. I just... I need, I have a PhD in dating. And he, we did like a post-date interview and he was basically like, uh, she was fake and <laughs> and did not come off genuine or authentic. Yep. He um, called you out. He called me out hardcore, was like, she did the date talk. She put on a performance. She was there to entertain, but I didn't know any layers about her until I told her to like, show me some vulnerability, show me other layers of who you are. So yes, on one hand, the episode was about me and I learned a lot. But on the other hand is I, I, I think about how I carry myself throughout the days and like how I can be more authentic in my connections, mm-hmm. even with like non-romantic partners, even with my friends or even like with a stranger, how can I go straight to a deeper connection as opposed to just surface level? And part of that is opening myself up to vulnerability, to, to allow other people to come into my world. And what that means is, you know, I'm like independent only child who never asked for help before. But I think after this episode, I was like, what if I'm, I start asking for help more or yeah. I start showing a, not a weakness, but like the, the things that I lack, I can find in other people and I can ask for that in other people. And that brings them closer to me. That means more to me than any like great first date you go on and you're like, oh, it was, it was great. We had a good conversation. He was a great conversationalist and you know, we got home and, and then you're like, oh, I don't remember anything else about it. I don't know. I don't know who this person I went on a date with. So that date talk really translates into my everyday life. And I think about it all the time now. I actually, that episode, even though it happened to you, <laughs> I think, no, honestly, I think that actually is one of the biggest problems with modern dating is that a lot of times people don't get through that date talk. Like we heard no. that on the exit interview that we did with yeah. Jason. It was like, people didn't see, like, if you only have one date, one drink, like you don't have that much time, right? So it's like, it's, you're kind of already at that disadvantage. But if you use that time to just have surface level conversations, you walk away and you're just like, I don't really know anything about that person. Like, yeah, they could be anyone. I could interchange them with any sort of person. So I think the best dates personally that I've been on is when we don't have any date talk. And it's just like, you walk in and like, this is like some, like an old friend that you're just like, jiving with and talking like how you would to a friend like either joking around or getting to like some deep good stuff even on date one or two i think the goal is to not be ambivalent after a date and i think the what sucks i'd much rather walk away from a date being like i don't ever want to see this person again then i'm not sure i mean it was fine i'll see them again i guess 
But it's like not a strong feeling or a strong pull. Yep. So I think in order to have those strong feelings, is that you have to have a deeper connection. Okay, your third. Oh, I have such a three-way tie right a now. Three-way <laughs> tie. Come on, Julie. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna not go to the sappy stuff then. That I'm just gonna go to. <laughs> okay, if I'm gonna pick one, I think I'm gonna go with. This one was a surprising one for me, but it okay. really stuck out to me. It's season eight. Uh-huh. Um, Let's see if I can guess this. Sex party. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, sex party was life-changing for both of us. Yeah, it was. Not in the way you probably think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. I'm going to go with season eight, episode 12, Vagina Tingles. Okay. I kind of... Okay. I was debating on that one, too. Okay. So this was an unexpected one for me, for sure. We had Erin... From the Wise Woman podcast. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. And we'll actually probably be re-airing her episode shortly as well that we were on, which yeah. is really fun. Like, we met her at South by Southwest when mm-hmm. we went, and she was, like, very spiritual, kind of, like, we were going to do, like, mindful dating. And we both kind of thought she was going to give us, like, the very basics of, like, meditation. Deep and breathing. Like, yeah. And I think, honestly, like, she kind of blew me away. Like, she, she was, was so surprising. So surprising. Like, we were talking about chakras and, like, all the stuff that I, like, knew about but didn't really know about. But the one thing, kind of the title of it, <laughs> that really stood out to me <laughs> is just... Yeah, (laughs) basically one of the chakras is in your vagina area. And like, she basically kind of called it out, like for women, like there's that feeling and Mm -hmm. you just don't really know how to explain it or not. Like Mm -hmm. you're either just like want to jump that guy's bones or you don't. Mm -hmm. And for years, I could never explain what this was. And we talked to so many women. They're just like, oh, I just like, there was no chemistry. Right. There was no vibe. And like, why can I be next to one guy and I like can't keep my hands off him? And then there's another that I'm like, please don't touch me. Like, why is that? Even though it's like relatively same attractiveness physically, Mm -hmm. there's just like something going on. I mean, she had some very strong opinions. She's like, if you're not feeling it, like leave, get out. You know, it's like your body's telling you what you need to know. And I think for me, I've had this happen so many times and I'm so mixed because like, We've talked about this also yeah. on like the gold standard episode that like, should you wait for that spark or could someone grow on you? Right. But I know for me, I've had so many instances where I've tried to let people grow on me. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it's just like, I don't feel that vagina tingle and it doesn't seem to like grow exactly. over time. You can't force it. You yeah. can't force a vagina. Like the <laughs> only time it's grown for me is like when I just like wasn't thinking about it. And then yeah. just like one day it did for a friend that turned into more but like i recently was dating someone that was like a perfectly nice guy great on paper we got along but i just did not have the vagina tingles and forever i could not understand why i just like wasn't feeling that and i thought maybe it's because i'm not like over someone else or like Mm -hmm. maybe there's something else going on and then like after Aaron, it's like nope you just like some people you just don't have it and it's not like anything on them like there's probably another girl that has crazy vagina tingles for them (laughs) 
so, he should be with her. Exactly. Like, why, as a guy, you don't want to be with someone that doesn't have that exactly. for you. Exactly. So, and vice versa, girl to guy, it's not the vagina tingles. Your ball tingles. I think it goes into the bigger discussion of us needing to listen to our bodies more. Mm-hmm. We can feel emotions. Like, there's sometimes... I'm happy and it goes to my neck. And then sometimes I'm happy and it goes to my my toes. I yeah. can feel it from head to toe. And uh, Julie and I went to this conference a few weeks ago and the founder of Uggs was there and he talked about goosebump moments. Yes. And he was talking about this is these are the moments you know you're onto something or like this is a passion. And those are like physical feelings that we need to pay more attention to because that's your body being like, this is beyond just emotional. This is like physical.